Welcome to another edition of Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'll be joined today by my co-host, Aaron. We're doing an interview with producer Susie Singer-Carter. There's going to be a 30-second sponsor message, and then we'll get right to it, so please don't go anywhere. Welcome to another edition of Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm here today with my co-host, Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? I am above ground and I am vertical. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. It's been, uh, a, it's, a, it's been a dementia day with, with a good old stepdad. Oh, well, that's always fun. Oh, yeah. Normally, Aaron's here with me in the studio, but today she is not. She's at her mom's house, so we're doing this remote. We've been, uh, all the other podcasts, Aaron's been here with me in person. And our last show today is, what, May 8th already? So we did uh, Angela Crochet was May 4th. Quentin Lee was May 1st. Go back and listen to those shows for sure. Uh, today, we're talking to Susie Singer-Carter, who's an actor, and then on May May 16th, Kevin O'Neill, film director, producer. So, uh, Aaron, how is it outside? I haven't even been outside yet. Is it nice? Oh, weather? it's a beautiful day. Oh, it's is a it? beautiful day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice. Sky's nice and blue. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Well, uh, we should have our guest on the line with us. That's Susie Singer Carter. Are you with us, Susie? Indeed, I am. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm I'm actually more I'm I'm less an actor and more I'm a writer director who used to act and sometimes acts in her own projects when necessary. Okay. <laughs> well, I I noticed that when I was studying, uh, I didn't study extensively. I don't like to go too much into it because I like to discover things when I'm talking to people sure. but I noticed you worked with John Voigt at one point and, oh, many uh, times <clears throat> yeah so so I many many years ago and people can find this somewhere I don't know where it's probably on VHS or something but there was a movie called Eternity and uh, John Voigt and Armand Asante were the stars of the movie and they they rented a house in LA for one of, you know, for one of the scenes or whatever. And they only had the house till a certain time, like midnight on a certain date or something. And so we, the shots were going too long. They said, listen, everybody, the only way we're going to make this work is if we all stay here for another, like we had to stay for like 18 hours straight beyond, you know, the first four hours or so. It was crazy. And afterwards, John Voigt came out and he sat down with all of us and he's talking to us and he spent probably 20 minutes thanking us and telling us how much it meant to him and all. So it was a really interesting experience sitting there talking to him, you know? It's an, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I it, John Voigt is very significant for me because every one of my firsts into some area of this industry has included John. Really? I'm not kidding you. My first acting job, which was in a movie called Looking to Get Out that Hal Ashby directed. 
it was my first little like cameo role that I, I worked for three months as a casino waitress in this like private room. So I was, you know, I was like one of the head waitresses and I had one line mm-hmm. and, and, and Hal Ashby like handpicked us and I got bare, I got to know John really, really well. And then after that, my first series that I produced called a tween show called Pajama Rama, which was like the view for little, for tweens mm-hmm. as in a slumber party, he was doing a movie with um, Shia LaBeouf and they came together and everyone, you had to, all guests had to come in their pajamas and he came in oh, his funny. bathrobe and, and pajamas. Oh, wow. That was the first show that I ever wrote and produced. And then my Small first- world. Yeah, and then my first movie that I wrote, a, my, a screenplay, which was Bratz for Lionsgate, he played the principal and the father of our of our of of the mean girl. Wow. Huh. It's so funny. And then I had another project, which was a, a show that I wrote, a musical tribute to Michelle Legrand. And um, he was the host. John was the host. And I- I wrote that. How weird what was, is that? What was the, uh, I'm trying to think of what he did with Shia LaBeouf. What was that movie? I forgot. Holes. He did Holes. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. We, we, uh, we watched that with our son when he was little. Yeah. 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 So I, so John and I, I have lots of John Voight stories, but we won't go there. But mm-hmm. I just, 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 just to know, like, it seriously has been so, such, a, such a constant in my life. In my in my career life. That's interesting. Yeah, we yeah. somewhere in a box somewhere we have a DVD of Holes that movie. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, it was well, funny. It's, it's a small world, you know. It, it seems it seems like there's just certain people that you end up crossing paths with for one reason or another. Really. Over, over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tr- it, it is kind of interesting because I I and I and I literally have run into him in the oddest places like at a deli huh. and and then another time buying frozen yogurt. I mean, how often do you run into you know that kind of person i know we live in la but but it just doesn't happen that often there, sure. you know there, there's a couple of actors that i for whatever weird reason you know the uh, you know the karate kid movie with uh-huh. the, so you know the blonde guy in the karate kid movie the tall blonde guy he's the nemesis or whatever he's the one that fights. right 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 uh-huh I don't know why I kept running into that guy, but I would go yeah. to the gas. I go to the gas station. There he was, and then I go to Jerry's Deli, and there he is again. And yes. then I was, then I'm at the grocery store, and he's at the grocery store. I'm like, I just saw you at Jerry's Deli, and then about two days later, I'm back at Jerry's Deli. He's back again. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so. it's it's destiny. Something it means something. It has it's to. It's a frequency, man. It's a frequency. It's like so weird. <laughs> Unlike. Super cool, though, at the same time. Well, you want to hear you want to hear something funny. So when John Voight and Armand DeSante were making this movie, you know, back in those days, Armand DeSante was, you know, a heartthrob for many women. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I was at the time um, probably 27 years old. I was in perfect physical shape and I was Mr. Leading man looking guy, you know. And so they put me in a tuxedo and all the women were in evening gowns, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and for the scene. And so Armand DeSante is over on one side of the room and I'm standing there and it it was just that we were all I think in the same place at the same time but I'm standing there with like seven or eight absolutely beautiful women in these evening gowns and they're all talking to me and Armando Santi is sitting by himself in the corner and so <laughs> after they walk uh-huh. away they walk the girls walk away and Armando Santi goes excuse me and I went yeah and he goes come here and I walk over to him and he, he looks at me and he goes who are you <laughs> and I went what <laughs> I didn't know what to say I go what do you mean who am I because he couldn't figure out who is this guy that's got all these women talking Right, not, right, right. Yeah. You're not talking to me, Armand Asante. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, You're I threatening. Threatening. But, yep. So it happens to women all the time, right? Right, Aaron? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's like it's constant. 
that I, I'm telling you, it's like, there's I never got, a break. No, <laughs> never. Yeah. It's all, you know, all this, like me too, like support women. It's, it's one of my biggest pet peeves because women tend to be the, <laughs> the, the opposite with each other, unfortunately. And it's, you know, you have to find your tribe of women, good women. That's it. Yeah. That's right. It. Yep. yep. Well, I totally agree. With our, I, what do they say? Our, our, uh, wolf, wolf pack. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's like, there is a breed of women that, that I just, go I I cross the street because I I I can't win them over and I can't prove and I'm tired of proving myself and um, you know or they're too busy fighting the fight rather yeah. than just I mean Do, because doing the work yeah I've been a grip. I've been electrician. I've, I've been production management and I've worked with all sorts of women and the best women that I've ever worked with were just like, you know, Hey, let's get the work done, have some fun. And, and, you know, I on the prize, I on the prize, like just get it done. Exactly. Let's but, get it done, get it done and have some fun and, and just be happy. Since I'm talking to two women, I have a question. So <laughs> on, on Facebook and other places, yes. and I've talked to Aaron about this before, you know, I'm fully supportive of Me Too movement. And I've even said to Aaron, I want us to be equals. I want, I think all people should be just equal value and paid equally and everything should be equal. We're people. Right. And so that's my view. So, so, um, and I don't think men should abuse women at work. And I'm, I'm, I've been a big believer in that for years. And I've told guys, do not say anything, you know, so I've managed a lot of people and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to one issue that I don't understand is there are women who will put themselves online wearing barely any clothes at all. Mm-hmm. They'll be provocative poses, really mm-hmm. hot looking images. Mm-hmm. And they're then, insecure. They're just insecure. Well, but then some guy will say something and all of a sudden they're a victim and it's the Me Too movement and you can't talk to me that way. And I'm watching this going on and I'm like, you just put pictures of yourself online where you're barely wearing any clothes. You're extremely hot looking. So what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you if you choose to objectify yourself right on, choose you can do that, but there's consequences when you do that, right? Exactly. So yeah. so you have to you have to know that. So if you're you know, if you want to lead with your sexuality, more power to you. That's one of your, if that's one of your tools in your arsenal, go for it. <laughs> it's not me. I don't like to do it because I want to I want my work to be judged meritoriously Mm -hmm. so but you know and I certainly have had my opportunities and also been you know put in in awkward positions where you have to make a choice between your for your own personal integrity and and a possibly a possible positive outcome for your career and and you 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 know everyone makes those choices for themselves but then you can't wrong somebody for the choice that you make if you make make that choice you as as you know I'm listen I am a total feminist but I'm also a feminine feminist and I always say that because I I you know it we are we can embrace all kinds of of gender fluidity I'm I'm a super girly girl but I'm also a, a, a beast when it comes to work I have the you know a really hard work ethic it's solid it I'm a work alcoholic and you know I might be working 24 7 and I'm still gonna curl my hair that's the way I am you know that's me so what and you don't want to do it you want to whatever everyone can do their own thing but you can't if you are pulling that in then you need to to be take responsibility for that and and that's the shame and it's also the fact that you know there 
there are women that make those choices, which is fine. I have no judgment on it. But then it it also, it taints that our journey, journey for women that don't do that. So we, it, we have to, we have to fight against those kinds of decisions that are made easily by other women. And, and why wouldn't someone expect that if that's what they've been presented with before? Sure. Yeah, does, a lot does that of, make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my friends are actors and singers and people mm-hmm. who their image is a very big part of what they do. Mm-hmm. And so um, I understand that's part of it. But um, at the same time, I, and, and I'm listening to everything you're saying. So um, I guess, like you're saying, it's just the, the, each individual, I guess, has their own, um, you know, like uh, for just just so you know, for someone, let's say you're a married guy and you're, you're middle aged or whatever, and you have a lot of actor friends on Facebook and other places, mm-hmm. and you log into your Facebook and all of the four images that are at the top of the screen are all scantily clad female actors. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do if your wife walks in and you're looking at Facebook and there's all these hot looking women on the page, you immediately click off of it. And you eventually get to the point where you kind of avoid it a little bit because you're going, okay, uh, you know, I get it, <laughs> but you know, um, again, it just, it puts the wrong ideas in a lot of people's heads, I think. And if for, for married, for married guys, they don't want their wife to see that or vice versa, whatever. And so they tend to just avoid those people a lot. And, uh, and some people take it way farther than that. You know, they say, well, yeah. things, you know, they say things online that are just, I mean, surprising to me, but um, I don't yeah. want to veer, I don't want to, it's an interesting topic and I could do a whole podcast just on how people present themselves, but I want to talk more about your personal creativity. So, um, so, so I want to ask, about your name first of all Susie Singer Carter which has a ring to it but uh is is that a married uh, because you were married or yeah it's two it's actually both I've been married twice Okay. And I've had a child from each marriage. So uh-huh. I decided to to keep the name of each of them of my exes because uh-huh. it, then it keeps me connected to my daughters. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So and it's always been that way. And and I guess it does have a, a sweet flow and I like it. And it's just it it's now me. So well, I, I mean the first thought is you must be a singer. <laughs> you know. So well, I have I have done that. I have I have an interesting story about that because my mother was a professional singer and my father was really uh, very instrumental in the music industry. He he created the conversion from mono to stereo sound, and he was he was a sound engineer and a sound a genius. Oh, okay. And, and um, but he packed in a big life. Like he built A and M Records and was there. You know, built had their all the his consoles that he um, designed were wow. in the studio. So anyway, but I I of course love music. Music is a huge part of my life and. When I was 19, I, I uh, was in a group called Two Chicks that that Chuck Lorre, the Chuck Lorre, hmm. produced and wrote our songs. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's it, cool. Yeah, so, so we did it. We actually did a song called Bad Dreams in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can find it online because he actually, I want to say it was the late 80s. And he was, let's see, it was a $100,000 budget at that time was like, what? For two unknowns? Right. And, and it was just so much fun. And, um, and that's a whole nother story. We can get into that another time. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's, but that's, a, that's a nice budget for those days. Oh yeah. 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 And we had all kinds of like fun effects. It was super eighties and we got, we, oh. uh, yeah, it was like, we got, we had a deal on Rhino records and then they, the reviews where we were the best pop sound since the, the, uh, the bangles and uh-huh, really, was, yeah, it was like so much fun. And we had, it was a blast. It was a great time. Cool. Of my so, life. Yeah. So, so there's that. So uh, as far as creativity goes, like many of us, you know, we're writers, 
we're art artists, we're guitar players, whatever we are. Mm -hmm. In your case, what different avenues of creativity did you end up taking? Well, I, you know, I, then I went into acting. I went, you know, I was, I always wrote and I, I graduated from UCLA with them um, with the, in communications because they didn't have a journalism major, but I took a minor in linguistics and then took journalism and wrote for in summer school there and wrote for the Bruin. I thought I wanted to go into news actually and be a serious, you know, uh, journalist. And I decided that was just not for me because it was so depressing. And then my first husband was an actor and somehow I got swooped into that world. And, and so, uh, but as I was doing that and I loved it, it was fun. I realized that I didn't, you know, I didn't think I thought I could write better projects than I was getting to read. So I started writing with my, uh, my partner who mm. I met. And so um, like the first project we wrote, which was a fluke, got signed at um, William Morris. And then we had a deal at Universal with company there that had a deal there that did oh, it's so long ago. Uh, Al Burton, I don't know if anybody remembers Al Burton and his company who did, uh, oh, what was it? One day at a, not one day at a time. What was it? The, do you remember John? No, no, no. It was the girls that were, that were at the, the, the home with, the, with the girl, the lady that came to our screening. Facts of life. Facts, oh, of, facts life. of life. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts of life. Anyway, so that, but so for ever since then, it was like, I, we just, I just got into, I got the bug of creating and writing projects and um, I loved it. I loved the whole idea of like the seed of a project you know, from just a thought in your head and then seeing it manifest and, and I love it so much. And I felt like, you know, you have more control of, of, of how you want to communicate. And I love storytelling and I love the ability to affect people in, a, in, in an impactful way. And stories are really powerful. Well, it's, in, it's interesting to me how chemistry is, is different for each person. Like Erin, my co-host here, she can edit a script. She can, uh, she could set up deal memos for a whole crew. She could do uh, all these things that I just personally wouldn't wouldn't um Plus production it, management yeah I, I wouldn't be attracted to that as much i mean i could probably do it but it's just not where but she can pick up certain things and just uh, you know there'll be things in the past where like i'll say here you're better at this than me you know could you take care of this and and so it's interesting how we all sort of gravitate into i was watching a, a video earlier uh there's an artist who lays a giant canvas down on the floor and he starts throwing paint at it and then pouring paint on it and then he ties a paint bucket to a rope and he pokes holes in the paint bucket, swings the rope around while paint's flying out of the paint bucket all over the canvas. And mm. he ends up with this awesome abstract painting. And it's really fascinating to me that he came up with this method mm -hmm. where other people will put paint in like water balloons, like, but they'll make paint balloons and they'll throw paint balloons at a canvas or, right. so it's really interesting how we have these different ways. Like I used to take um, India ink type pens and I would sit there and, and I would splatter ink out of the pen all over a piece of paper. And then I would start drawing lines from the splatter and create something out of it, you know, but, but so in your, in your case with, um, uh, it sounds like you're geared, you know, towards production and all of that. Is, is there, you know, is there a project that you're working on now that you're producing or working on? Yes. That? Yes, indeed. There's a couple. I'm always, I'm always juggling, spinning a lot of plates because when you're, when you create projects, That's what it takes. You, yeah, you've got to be spinning at least 10 plates at one time. If you're not, <laughs> you're, you're, you're failing. I'm telling with, you. With redundancy. <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And never stop and just be the, the energizer. You know, you have to be the energizer bunny. You just have to be. Um, and you have to be your own cheerleader because, you know, it's such a subjective business. And for the most part, 
you got to just love your project. And if, you know, because I remember I, I saw something in your profile there that, uh, cause I'm Catholic and it was something about the devil. And I went, Oh, what's that about? Oh, that's so funny that you said that. Yeah. I have another friend who's very, she has, she's a religious, uh, I don't even know what you call, I'm not a religious person, but I am a, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not, it's, she, she's a, a, a pastor and she has a, mm. like an online show and I love her. She used to be an actress and huh. Lee Benton, if you're listening, I love you. And she was so worried about this project because it's called I Love Lucifer. And um, it's actually- Oh, a- I love that show. <laughs> yeah, but it's no. not on you. No, 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 it's no, a new, it's a new thing. Own. Yeah, lo- you're talking about Lucifer, but I'm talking, this was, ours is called I Love Lucifer. And it's basically a comedy horror about two, me- two B movie stars who fight movie monsters by day and real monsters. By well, because day. Okay. of course, of course I thought of I Love Lucy right when I saw it. Well, that's, yeah, it's a play of that. It's a yeah, play of that. And so yeah. uh, I get it now. So, but when I first saw it, and I'm not a devout cat. I mean, I, I, when I was a kid, I was confirmed and baptized and all that stuff, uh-huh. but but as you get older, you know, you, you take different paths or whatever, but um, I still consider myself a Catholic, but I, it's been a while since I've been at church and all that, but, but yeah, if you're, uh, but again, that title, I was like, what, what, what is this about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I, it could be, it could be misleading, but it's actually very, it's, it's in the, I say it's like, it has the tone of, of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Werewolf, American Werewolf in London. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. I, I love that movie. Yeah. So it has that tone, super scary, but super fun and funny. And, 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 you know, with a little bit of uh, bridesmaids mixed in. Okay. And and it's, yeah. yeah. So it's really all, it's all like a, it's a, it's an allegory for, uh, for our business in general, because the girl, the two, our two leads, their, their agent is there is an agent for Lucifer. And he's, Mm. and, you know, he's using them to, to retrieve, to kill all these monsters because when they ingested the soul, he he retrieves that whatever the the fumes of that soul and it keeps him young so he's got a dorian you know he's got this um dorian gray complex of staying young oh, okay right, and right. so it's like it's so he sold out his his girls and it's just it's 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 a fun thing i did when i was the last thing i did as a as a on stage was called scream queens which was like in 2000 and we it was an original musical about these scream queens who were comedy who were at a convention and we're waiting for Roger Corman to show up and, you know, where, oh. you, you know, those conventions where you go and <laughs> right. sell your, so um, right. it was so, it, it just, it gave me this idea of, of, you know, two scream Queens and, and the kind of world that it's in. And it's so you've got these like rabid fans. And um, my ex is Jason Carter, who was a regular on Babylon five. I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah. I, I worked did. on it. You did. Yeah. You know, Jason Carter. I, I worked behind the scenes. Yeah. I worked okay. with him. He played yeah. Marcus Cole. Anyway. Yeah. yeah Aaron's, said. Aaron's, Aaron's been on the crew of a lot of shows like, you know, what was it? West wing and then mentalist. And um, I mean, for years she was on last, the- last few years. Uh, it's been the voice. Over at, oh, wow. over at uni on stage 12 yeah love it love it i think we have friends that are do the hair on that john do, mm. does does who does the hair on voice don't we know we susie you and i have probably worked on the same set <laughs> this sounds like you you've uh you you and i have probably uh, crossed paths i wonder no. i'm sure we have i'm sure we have i mean i've done i mean i'm a writer and a director and a producer i create and so but i get when i'm if i'm on a show i'm i got my hands in everything because i'm a 
There you go. Yeah, I love. Well, if you want it done right, <laughs> right? Exactly. Hey, let me let me interrupt you guys because uh, I just got my timing warning. Um, I, I noticed also, Susie, that you're fully vaccinated, and so is Aaron. So you guys are both fully vaccinated. Oh yeah. yes, thank the thank God I went for the first time. I went to um, Trader Joe's yesterday. It's been over a year and a half. Oh. I'm like, I can't tell you what it was like. Thrilling. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, exactly. hey, uh, Susie, um, yes. if, if you if people want to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way for them to find you online? Oh, well, I'm not everywhere. You can find me anywhere. If you just Google Susie Singer Carter, it'll tell you where I'm, um, you know, at Susie Singer Carter on Twitter and on Instagram and um, at and on uh, Facebook. And I have a podcast called Love Conquers Alls, A-L-Z, which is based on a, my short film, that was my award-winning short film nice. called My Mom and the Girl, which is a, I call it a joyous look at Alzheimer's. Valerie Harper was, played my mother in it. Oh, and like um, her. Was her la- it was her last performance. It was, uh-huh. it's gorgeous. Look it up, the movie, it's 20 minutes. It's, it's, life, it's life-altering because it gives you the perspective that I learned with, when my mother lived with me for a year with Alzheimer's, which she still has. It's going Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. So you Thank know, you. you've, you know, a little bit about what I'm going through. <laughs> oh yeah. Like you should listen to our podcast, Love Conquers Alls, because it is, it's all about caregivers, people that are dealing with it and, and, and finding the silver lining, learning how to de- lean into it and finding the best way to, to get through this in, in a, in a really good way where you, where you walk right. away going, okay, it's just a different way of looking at things. And it well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the referee right now between my mother and my stepfather. So I'm kind of like, and one of them is in, in uh, denial. Denial, of course. Oh, hundred percent. Please, please t- listen to like, if you just listen to a couple of the past ones, we won back Best podcast last year with um, oh wow and um lisa gibbons and and all, all kinds of amazing people in this community that will you cannot not get some great information oh, and, be, and be inspired i it's only about being inspired i'm telling well, you susie let's That's do awesome. this if you'll if you'll send me any links that you want me to add in our on our podcast main page we can put them in the description and then we also have a dedicated website called artworkpodcast.com and I can put your content there and that'll. Oh, certainly be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? So I love Lucifer was, was a project that we developed at least 10 years ago. I started going to had a deal at Fox. It was going to be a series with, and Max Brooks who wrote world war Z Uh and um, the, the zombie survival guide. He is the son of royalty. He's, he's Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft's, child oh, wow. and he's he's a genius in his own right and he helped to develop the world of this of this project so that wow. it, so that it was so that it didn't disrespect the the true fans of horror and and this sort of you know altered well universe. going back to it's a small world aaron's dad was in a film with mel brooks so, oh, uh, i love him i love yeah. love, love he was him. in the big fix and he was also in a high anxiety oh yeah. Yeah. love him i love him so much i love Let's... and i i love max if you're listening max i love you know how much i love you but anyway so uh-huh. during during covid i decided why not take advantage of all the actors that are sitting at home waiting for projects to start again and do a a, a narrative podcast so we've done we are on our eighth episode we're launching in june mid-june and um one of our lead is um adam levy from the witcher from netflix oh, okay. the witcher. he's oh, very cool and I'm also in it, and and um, 
and uh, Don Marie Ferrara, who was one of my actors, actresses, who's phenomenal. Um, she plays one of the leads of the one of the actresses, Tanya, and Wonderful. she's she's in it, and I'm in it, and um, all kinds of other actors from well, different series, and it, you'll love yeah. it. It's so much fun. It sounds like we need to have you back again in the future for an update. You know, yes, sure. please, please, because please, there's please. N- there's not enough time for. I, it's always like this. It goes by so quick, but um, yes. Aaron, Aaron, do you have any final words? To everybody, just keep the uh, the creativity flowing. It's It'll heal the planet. Okay, that's nice. And how about you, Susie? Any final words for us? I concur with that because honestly, you know, I've, and I'm, and I've got so much more I could tell you what I'm doing. I'm, I've just finished an adaptation of a wonderful book called Plain Jane and then I'm attached to direct. And that's an exciting project for me. But something like when you create, you can touch people. And and my little 20 minute movie has touched people. I'm not kidding. All over the world. And I've hugged more strangers than I, than I can imagine in, in, in one year's time than I did my whole life. So it is, it's a, it's powerful and it, and it'll change your, it changes your life as much as it does other people. So I, I really believe in storytelling and telling real stories that come from your experience in your life. It's beautiful. That's nice. Yeah. Well, my final word is if you're an artist and you think you're weird, it's because you are weird. And a hundred percent and weird people are great. Weird is good. Weird, weird is good. Weird people rock. Yeah, weird totally. is good. I love you okay. guys. All right. Well, love thank you, you very too. much. We're done for this one. Uh, again, we've been talking to Susie Singer Carter and we're going to put her contact information on our description and on our website. That's it for us for today. So we will see you later. Great. Bye. Thank you.